And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Ness attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Although, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. We continue our hollow holiday programming. I almost said Halloween. I heard Lisa, that. You did with, say it. Beber, <laughs> uh, McGee, and Molly from 1941. But first, it's TV Jeopardy. Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from famous Saturday night skits. And I'll try to name the skit while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? So close. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> no, it's right. It's Saturday Night Live, though. That would be the name of the show. Didn't I say Saturday Night Live? Is it Saturday Night Skits? I'm just gonna I'm gonna warn the <laughs> listeners. I didn't get a nap in. I'm gonna, I did not get a nap so, in. So um, I've got some famous Saturday Night Live skits. You so I can, may have a lot of. Uh, you might. Well, faux we're pas, used to that, so it's not say. a problem. Yeah. Take a Provagen. Right. I know. Take a Provagen. Do yeah. what you need to do. Need have something. some Roma wine. I can supply that for you. So I'll play a little skit. This is in preparation for our next beat preparation the host. Preparation H. Yes, for our beat the host thing. Oh, Man, you're so like, slow. Man, okay, I am good so job. slow. This is um, in advance of our hour two. We're going to do Lorne Michaels for Beat the Host, who, okay. of course, was the creator and producer right. of Saturday Night Live. Right. So I'm going to play a skit. You can tell me either the name of the skit and or the actors okay. in the skit. Here okay. we go. We come from France. Oh, yes. oh France. Well, that explains everything. <laughs> That's the Coneheads. Yes, that is the Coneheads. Do you know any of those actors? Well, Gilda Radner. That was also um, Dan Aykroyd. That's right. Um, Bill uh, Bill Murray. Was he in that? I think he might have been. Not. And then then Lorraine. Jane Curtin. Lorraine Newman. Lorraine Newman. Exactly. Okay. Great. These are really fun. I had a lot of fun uh, re-listening to some of these. We are the Coneheads. Some of the greatest stuff. Okay. Here's another great one. Sometimes when I get nervous, I stick my hands under my arms and then I smell my fingers like that. (laughs) But that's gross. That's gross. gross. That's very interesting, Mary Catherine. Yes. Yes. Because it smells so bad. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that she was like. Su- uh, su- super bad or something like that, but she was, that was Mary Catherine something. Yeah, that's right. Mary Catherine Gallagher. That is absolutely right, and that's Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon. Isn't that great? Oh, man. Uh, these were the days, honestly. SNL remember was the she, best. she used to, like, do these pratfalls. I remember. Into, I mean. I, I know things fall were falling down her. all over. I don't know how she did it. Gosh, she must have gotten some bruises over that because, you know, when you're up there, you know because you've done live stage, 
you know, and you fall and you this and that. And you, it doesn't you get hurt into it. at that moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it hurts later. Oh, it hurts. It hurts then. It hurts later. It hurts the whole time. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. Well, isn't that special? Yes, that's <laughs> That is the church lady, and that is Dina Carvey. You are good at this. Yeah. We grew up with this show. Even though I didn't have a nap. I, well, it, it'll show as the evening progresses. I mean, we have five hours, yeah, and we just started, of, and I'm already tired. There's plenty of time to get tired. Okay. Don't worry. I'll keep you on your toes. All right. Here you go. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. I'm verklempt. That is Mike Myers. Yes. And that is um, Coffee Talk. That is right, with Linda Richmond. Yeah. That is good. You're coffee good. Talk. Yeah. You are good. Talk amongst yourselves. It's, it's good. Well, these are the memorable moments yeah. of Saturday Night Live. Wow. Do you still watch it? Oh, my gosh. I never miss it. Do you really? I watch it. Tape it. it tape, I do, Because we're on the air Saturday night. No, I know. I so record I, it, too. I DVR it or whatever. But I usually just kind of watch the beginning, kind of the opening. Really? Segment. No, I watch the whole thing. Interesting. Yeah. I, right. I, I don't ever miss Saturday here's, Night Here's Live. my favorite. Yeah. Because I'm good enough, <laughs> I'm smart enough, smart and enough. doggone it, people like me. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, um, oh gosh, um, ah, he ran, he tough. was a politician for a mm-hmm. while. He was that like, is right. And, uh, okay, so that is, um, uh, what's his name? Well, do you know the name of the skit? It was like reflections or something like that. Daily affirmations. Yeah, well, with, that's, uh, yeah, all right. with Stuart Smalley. Stuart Smalley. And it was, the actor is Al Franken. Yeah, I don't get that one. That's okay. But I did I did know it. But I know you do. You know all of these. You know, they made a movie. He had, yeah. actually took this sketch. I know. Now, I know. they did that with a lot of sketches. I was going to say. But yeah. they made, it was actually a very funny movie. You saw it. Yes, yes. I didn't. I'm I a didn't. huge Saturday night. Live. Fan. I can tell you were going to say fever, weren't you? <laughs> well, that too. I, I saw you. You paused right there. Saturday yeah. night. Mm. Mm. Here's the last one. A lot okay. of fun. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, two Pepsi, one cheap. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, two Pepsi, one cheap. Get to go. Four cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger. Oh my god. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, so cheeseburger. Good. Hilarious. I know. So that was. Um, that's all based uh, right here in Chicago. You know that restaurant is is here in Chicago. Do you know what it's called? Um, it's a burger place. Yeah, it's called the Olympia Cafe. Okay, but that's not what it's called here. I don't think. I don't know. It's called something else. But that's obviously Jim Belushi, mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd. That's John. I'm sorry, John. Yeah, John Belushi. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, uh, Lorraine, Lorraine Newman. Newman, and then they had various, you yeah. know, guests cheeseburger, as, a, cheeseburger, as, a, cheeseburger. as patrons in the no restaurant. Price. No co- <laughs> Pepsi, no Coke. Pepsi, no Coke. <laughs> These will forever live on. You did great. Uh, we'll uh, talk about Lorne Michaels in our next hour. All right, thanks, Lisa. Sure, Wolf. great job. When we come back, we're going to tune into a Christmas episode of Feber McGee and Molly from 1941. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.
turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. I had a listener call up uh, today. I took the call and uh, he signed up for the Classic Radio Club, lives in Massachusetts. And he was saying, you know, I heard you last week talk about the fact that I could sign up for the club, the Classic Radio Club, and get a five-CD set with a 12-page booklet, historical booklet, and I only pay a dollar, plus the four ninety nine shipping and handling, plus I get the full five-hour podcast and the radio rarities. He had it down. Well, he had it down. it is our introductory offer, yes. but there's a reason why we do that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we do that is because we are so confident in what we are sending to you and that it will be so appreciated and well-loved that it's worth losing money on it for the first month in the hopes that you will come to appreciate it in the, in the coming months. And if you do, that's great. And if you don't, there's absolutely no problem. You can cancel any time. But we have so many listeners who just love the Classic Radio Club and have been getting it for so many years, and um, very, very few people cancel. Yeah. So we are so confident in what we are doing that we want you to give it a try. Yeah, you know what? It supports the show, but here's the, here's the great thing. You get these five CDs in a collector case, ten shows, and I only put the best quality direct from the master recording shows. So every 30 days you will get a new Five CD set with 10 classic radio shows in a beautiful case with photos of the stars and then this 12-page booklet that Carl Shadow and I write together. So it's very accurate, talks all about the shows, their history, the episode itself that's in there. And when you pop these in the CD player, you're not going to believe the quality of these radio shows. And as we said, $1 to try it. You get the first one for only a dollar. And then after that, obviously, it's got to be more than that. We're losing money. It's nineteen ninety nine, uh, so every thirty days, nineteen ninety nine plus the four ninety nine shipping and handling. But as Lisa said, you can cancel at any time. So if you want to try this this introductory offer, you can call us tonight. We will take your call, and uh, we'll sign you up. Eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. Eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. All right, time for Fibber McGee and Molly. This is a broadcast from December 16th, 1941. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by Martha Tilton and the King's Men, and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with the National Emblem March. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I heard an officer of the Red Cross speak last night. He was asking for money. He said in part that it was customary these days to preface any request for help with an apology, but that he wasn't making any apology. Neither are we. The Red Cross needs $50 million, urgently and immediately. Now, for 130 million people, that's the price of a few cigars or a lipstick. The Red Cross is always ready to help in times of war and disaster, and from now on, the demands upon them will be great. But we are a great nation. So let's give till it hurts. of 79 Wistful Vista is not one to squander a buck and a quarter for a Christmas tree when he can drive out to the woods and chop down his own. No, sir. <laughs> and here, driving up to the house, frostbitten but triumphant, we find that lumberjack who saves Jack on his lumber, Fibber of Fibber McGee and Molly. get them brakes fixed. <laughs> Boy, am I cold. Uh, well, come on, Christmas tree. Come to Papa. You got a new home. McGee, you're getting snow all over the hall. Why didn't you stamp your feet? Why should I stamp my feet? I ain't mad at anybody. <laughs> Besides, they're so cold, I'm just walking from memory. Oh. <laughs> Here, you poor lad. Let me take your coat and your mitten. Thanks, Molly. Hey, take a gander at that tree, will you? Ain't she a whopper? Heavenly days, it certainly is. Yeah, it was the pick of the whole woods, Molly. I had to fight off 20 other guys to get it, too. They all wanted it. Oh, did you actually fight for it, dearie? Oh, it didn't come down to actual brawl, no. One guy ups to me and says, that's my tree, shorty. And I says, yeah, I says, tossing my hatchet up in the air and catching it by the handle. <laughs> Get it, I says. You don't need this tree for last Christmas, I says. And he says, what do you mean last Christmas? Well, I says, sinister-like, advancing toward him with a nasty look, you lay a blade on that balsam bud, and last Christmas was your last Christmas. Ah, good for you, McGee. Did he go away then? No. Started swinging his axe at me. <laughs> and just then I noticed that this tree, which was a little farther along and was even bigger and better. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I just sneered and walked away. Double time. <laughs> well, it certainly is a big one. What'll we do with it after Christmas? Hollow it out and make a canoe? Oh, shucks now, Molly, just because... What took it... you so long to get it home? You know, you've been gone six hours. Well, I had a blowout on the way back and had to stop and buy a new second-hand tire. Oh. Cost me seven bucks. Oh. Where's the hatchet? I lost it in the snow, but I know just where it is, and next spring when the snow melts, I'll get... Oh, my gosh. What's that? Oh, it's that window in the dining room. I opened it because it was so hot in here, and it won't stay open. Oh, well, I'll fix it when I get time. By the way, what time is it? It's after four. Why? Where's your wristwatch? 
Well, I took it off to chop this tree down and forgot all about it. Oh, <laughs> then when I went back to look for it, it had snowed some more and covered it up. Well, that's fine. A $30 wristwatch, a $2 hatchet, and a $7 tie. $39 for a 98-cent Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, happy Yuletide. <laughs> Well, I didn't want one of those measly little moth-eating shrubs they're selling downtown. When I want a tree, I want a tree, not a bouquet. Come in. Oh, hello, Mayor Latrivia. Ah, uh, good day, Mrs. McGee. I say, McGee. Yes? About that job you wanted in the city hall. I'm still working on it, but I'll have to have a little information. Well, tell the nice mayor what he wants to know, dearie. Okay. Dig me, Latriv. <laughs> well, first, can you dominate people? Can you let the ones in that you really want to see and shut the rest out? Absolutely. Another thing, McGee, can you stand it physically? To be mauled by crowds of people all asking you questions. Can you ignore the whispers behind your back? Can you give orders in a loud tone of authority? Boy, can I. Listen to this, Triv. All right, folks. As captain of the detective force of Wistful Vista, I order you to make way there. Stand back, everybody. The oh, police... Uh, <clears throat> this wouldn't be a police job, McGee. Oh. But one of the elevator operators has just been drafted, and I've suggested you. <laughs> I'll let you know later. A good day. Why, that small-minded, boat-grabbing, baby-kissing... <laughs> now, now, now. Oh. Never mind that now. See, uh... Uh, where should we place this tree, McGee? I don't know. Where do you think? Well, offhand, dearie, I'd say it was a toss-up between the Grand Canyon and Death Valley. <laughs> oh, shucks, I told you I gotta trim it down a little. Get me a hatchet, will you? The hatchet, dear boy, according to your official communique... Yeah. <laughs> ...is at present sleeping its edge off under a snowdrift 18 miles north of town. Yeah, well, we got a saw, haven't we? Not a very good one. It's all bent. Who bent it? You did. Huh? After you saw that vaudeville act at the Bijou last uh, October, you tried to play Pony Boy on it, remember? <laughs> well, I guess it'll still work. Say, it's awful hot in here. Yes, it is. I'll open that dining room window again. Okay. The thermostat on the furnace is out of order, and I've got to get it. Boy, am I tired. Ah, but what a tree. Why, this will give us enough kindling wood for all summer. Except that we don't need any kindling wood in the summer. <laughs> hey, McGee, I just thought of something. What's that? This tree is so big, our little ornaments are going to look awful silly on it. Yeah, I never thought of that. I better order a bigger assortment of ornaments. Now, hand me the phone, will you? Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the wistful vista novelty and day. Oh, is that you, Mert? No. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Huh? Who? Your niece. Somebody grabbed her and kissed her during the blackout. Oh, <laughs> heavenly days, McGee. Does she know who it was? She'll recognize him when she sees him. He'll have <laughs> lipstick all over his face, neck, and shirt front. <laughs> From just one kiss? What do you mean, one kiss? That blackout lasted three hours. <laughs> What's say, Mert? Okay, I'll call him later. Hey, did you get me the saw, Molly? Here it is, dearie. And now don't get sawdust all over my floor. Why not? It'll make Uncle Dennis feel at home. I'll <laughs> see. I guess I better take a couple of feet off of the bottom first. Yes, and trim out a hundred or so branches. Tarzan or somebody might be hiding in there. <laughs> Who? Tarzan. Who? I said Tarzan. Who? Oh, stop it, McGee. That's I didn't say funny. anything. You says Tarzan. Who? Tarzan. Who are you shouting at? Who? 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 Hey, what the? McGee, it's an owl. He's in that tree. Huh? Look, up on the fourth branch. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Shake the tree, Molly. Open the door and we'll shoo him out. Who? You! <laughs> Go on, get out of that, you big buzzard. Go on, scram. 
Take it harder, McGee. There he goes. Chase him, Molly. Chase him this way. But out, but out, but out to the table. Edge him toward the door, Molly. Wave your hand. I am waving my hand. Chew, scat, go away, birdie. He won't even look at me, McGee. Owls don't see good in the daytime. Well, what do you expect me to do? Buy him some glasses? Hey, who? There he goes. Go on. Beat it. Scram. Well, thank goodness. Those things give me the creeps. <laughs> me too. Though I will say it was decent of him to back up my judgment. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, owls are wise birds, and we both picked out the same tree. <laughs> Don't you get it, Molly? I says owls Ain't are... funny, McGee. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I've been hooted at enough for one day. Hand me the saw again. Thanks. Now... Hello there, daughter. How's about... Hey, what you got there, Johnny? Christmas tree? Oh, no. <laughs> we buy our firewood on the hook, Mr. Oldtimer. What's on your mind besides that Daniel Boone cap, Oldtimer? Just wanted to know if you could come out and play. Some of us kids are building a snow fort in that vacant lot up on the corner, having a peck of fun. Oh. <laughs> no, thank you. We've got work to do, Mr. Oldtimer. I'm afraid you'll have to romp in the snow without us. Oh, gee, kids, come on. <laughs> wanted to choose up sides and play yanks and japs. Only nobody wants to be a jap. Well, we haven't got time to play now, old-timer. I got to trim this tree before... Then you got a corncob pipe we can have, Johnny. I built a big snowman. I want to put a pipe in his mouth. Oh, give him a cigarette. Yeah, and put a sign on him. Something new has been added. <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I heard it. Oh, the way I heard it... What was that? Oh, it's just the dining room window, Mr. Oldtimer. It won't stay open. He? Who? Well, we I heard it. One feller says, tell a feller, say, he says. Why does Hitler make all his speeches from a beer garden? Well, says, tell a feller, that's so when he starts foaming at the mouth, nobody will notice it. <laughs> You know, this show was always so great. Fibber, McGee, and Molly, Jim and Marion Jordan, real-life married couple. And uh, on this Christmas show from December 16th, 1941, uh, Fibber uh, chopped down his own Christmas tree and is trimming it to size himself. Oh, man. You know, they always, they would do two or three weeks of holiday shows leading up to Christmas. Fibber, McGee, and Molly. So great. NBC broadcast. We will get back to it in just a moment. So stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. 
In total, you'll receive 34 Classic Radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. This is Hollywood 360 across nearly 200 radio show uh, radio stations, I should say, coast to coast. And uh, my team here, Lisa Wolf, my uh, co-host, and Mike Bubblebath Costella, our executive producer. And uh, we, we come here every Saturday night for five hours and bring you these great radio shows. It's our pleasure and our privilege, and we just love doing it. We're listening to Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Here's a little trivia about uh, Fibber and Molly, Lisa. They were married in Peoria, Illinois, way back in 1918, which is crazy. My dad wasn't even born yet. My dad was right. born in 1922. So 1918, they uh, they went on the road as a, kind of a comedy couple at vaudeville back mm-hmm. then, you know. And they went entirely broke in 1923 had to have their parents wire them money to get back to Peoria from Lincoln, Nebraska. Could you imagine? You're on the road, you're doing your vaudeville sketch, you are you don't have a penny left. You have to Mom and Dad, could you send me money? I've had those phone calls. <laughs> <Have> you? <laughs> Help. <laughs> you know, this was in 1923. They were like literally broke. And 15 years later, they were one of the top radio duos on the planet. You know, it's called perseverance, right? Yeah. yeah. You just well, keep also going. they had some talent. So well, they did. You know, you can keep trying, but if you have nothing to give, <laughs> yeah. well, they became Fibber McGee and Molly, right. Jim and Mary and Jordan, and we're listening to them on this broadcast from December 16th, 1941. Here's the conclusion. Martha Tilton sings Thank Your Lucky Stars and Stripes. If you live right, if you get to sleep at night, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. If you feel free, if there's sugar in your tea, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. Steam heat and ham and eggs and hay rides and cider kegs if you like the good old Yankee way so say so if you can sing and believe in anything you can thank your lucky stars and stripes do you like it here Don't you think this country is swell? Do you want to cheer? Ring the Liberty Bell. Well, if life is gay, if there's fun on Dollar Day, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. If you can joke, Choke, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. Dime store 
burgers and bobby pins and hot dogs and mickey fins if you like the way we go about it shout it if you can sing and believe in anything you can thank your lucky stars Cut down the old pine tree And they hauled it away to the mill To make a nice Christmas tree Just for Molly and me For goodness sakes, do you have to sing with your sign? No, I don't have to, but it helps Hey, how does it look now, Molly? Beginning to shape up pretty good, eh? Yes, if you like that shape (laughs) It's pretty lopsided It is? Where? Oh, oh yeah Sure Well, I can trim that side off a little more it's a good thing I got a big tree to start with, you know what? Well, yeah. listen now, try and be a little quieter. Uncle Dennis is upstairs taking a nap. That guy's always taking a nap. And I just found out why he wanted that old brass bed brought down from the attic, too. Why? Well, I peeked in on him the other morning, and there he was, sound asleep, with one foot on the brass footrail and a happy smile on his pretty little face. <laughs> now, now, let's not start on poor Uncle Dennis uh, again. He's a gentleman and a scholar. He ought to be a scholar. He's had more teachers than anybody I ever knew. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, I cut down the old pine tree And I hauled it away in my car McGee, Uh, there's somebody at the door. Who? I don't know. Let me peek. Oh, it's Mrs. Uppington. Oh, not the Mrs. Uppington. The choicest crumb in our upper crust. Yes. And wearing a hat that was made in a hurry by a cross-eyed milliner wearing boxing gloves. (laughs) Come in, Abigail, darling. Uh, how do you do, my dear? And Mr. McGee. Hi, Uppy. <laughs> Please excuse the mess in here, Abigail. McGee is trimming the Christmas tree. Oh, how fascinating. I simply adore the scent of freshly cut lumber, really. It's so invigorating and so, so outdoorsy, you might say. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I might say that if I carried my handkerchief in my sleeve. <laughs> know you were such a lover of the great open spaces, Abigail. Oh, my dear. I used to simply spend all my time at my hunting lodge in Maine. <laughs> Roughing it, you know. <laughs> Ever hunt any moose? McGee. <laughs> Watch your commas, dearie. <laughs> well, did you, Uppy? Oh, no, no. I was never much of a nimrod, Mr. McGee. Oh. <laughs> we called it a hunting lodge because we were always hunting a pauper bridge. <laughs> Ah, but you really ran wild up there, Uppy. (laughs) Don't pay any attention to him, Abigail. You know, he thinks he's a great woodsman because he shot a bear in Alaska last summer. Well, that was something. If you ever walked through a dark forest with with the feeling that something, something was creeping up on you, ready to pounce any minute, and suddenly... Wow! Help! He got me! Shoot him! Take it easy, McGee. Take it easy. It's just the window in the dining room. (laughs) It won't stay open, Abigail. But say, where did you get that hat? I haven't been able to take my eyes off it. Oh, do you like it, my dear? She didn't say that. <laughs> she just says she couldn't take her eyes off of it. <laughs> I tell you, it's just darling, Abigail. Oh, I'm so glad. That's exactly why I dropped over today, my dear, to see if you liked it. <laughs> uh, do you, Mr. McGee? Well, confidentially, Eppie, and since I'm a plain-spoken man... I think it's the worst monstrosity ever placed on a human head. Oh. It would make a Zulu medicine man swallow his spear. Oh, 
Splendid. I'm a success. What? I just said to myself, if Mr. McGee likes it, I will simply have to give it to my cook. That man has less taste than a nightclub salad. Thank you, Mr. McGee. Why, that old flounder. <laughs> so I haven't got any taste, haven't I? Not in half, dearie. Uh, when it comes to fashions, you'd better just do one thing. What's that? Saw wood. Huh? Oh, okay. I got needles galore sprinkled over the floor in the shade of the old pine tree. Hey, Molly, how's she look now? Well, it looks better, McGee. At yeah. least we can get in the same room with it. <laughs> now, if you'll trim some more off the far side there. Okay, I'll get... Oh, hi, Harlow. Hello, Fibber. Hello, Molly. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Won't you come in and get some sawdust all over your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> Say, what goes on here, anyway? I went out and cut down my own Christmas tree, Harlow. Now i got to shorten the sleeves on it a little. <laughs> Well, you've sure got the room in a mess, pal. You've got enough loose branches around here to bed down a rhinoceros. Well, lie down and we'll try to make you comfortable. <laughs> Very funny, McGee. But what can we do for you, Mr. Wilcox? Well, it's like this, Molly. I'm a little worried about the greeting cards I ordered this year. I'm afraid the sentiment is a little too flowery. Well, read one to us, Mr. Wilcox. Though, personally, I don't think a greeting card could be too flowery. Why, certainly not. Let them drip, I always says. <laughs> well, read the blurb, Waxy. <laughs> All right, it reads, The season's greetings to you, my friend, from the Johnson self-polishing glow coat man. Oh, I hope that in 1942 and 43 and 44 and 45 and 46, you'll remember all those little tricks <laughs> I showed you about saving time and dough by using glow coat on your flow. <laughs> On your floor. Well, shut my mouth, honey child. <laughs> you shut it, dearie. Continue, Mr. Wilcox. How it saves your linoleum and keeps it clean with a lovely gloss and a dandy sheen. Eliminates rubbing and buffing, too, and in 20 minutes or less, you're through. Just pour some out and spread it around and let it dry, and then you've found the color and pattern have come to life. And so have you, your husband's wife. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Your husband's wife. <laughs> if that ain't the corny... Hey, what's that noise? That was Longfellow turning over, Harlow. <laughs> now, it was the dining room window falling down again, but go ahead, Mr. Wilcox. Well, there isn't much more, Fine. but it goes, the best of wishes I send to you from me and S.C. Johnson & Son Incorporated, too. Well, what do you think of it? Okay, okay, I'll get something else. <laughs> Naive character, isn't he, Molly? How naive? Oh, I was talking to him one day, and he looks all around to see if anybody was listening, and then whispers to me that Santa Claus didn't really live at the North Pole. He said he really lived in Racine, Wisconsin. See, <laughs> <laughs> that tree's getting awfully small, yeah. McGee. Better not trim it much more. Uh, I know, but I decided that it would look a lot better up on the piano. Well, that'll be nice. Yeah. Then it'll be out of the way. Yeah, that's right. I'll go out and fix that dining room window. Okay. Here. Oh, I cut down the old pine tree, because the ones at the store were not free. I told the man at the store... There's a knock at the door. I wonder who that could be. Come in. Yeah. Oh, hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> How are you today, Mr. McGee? Fit as a fiddle and ready to play humoresque, Wimp. Old shrimp, what's it with you? <laughs> I just dropped in to say goodbye for a couple of weeks, is all. Oh. I'm spending the holidays in Chicago with Mama and Papa. Oh. <laughs> is your wife going with you, Mr. Wimple? Who, Sweetie Face? Uh-huh. No, she has to stay here and knit. Knit? Can't she knit on the train? Not so good, Mr. McGee. Oh. 
She broke three ribs wrestling with a policeman, and the doctor says she'll knit much better at home. <laughs> well, what on earth was she doing wrestling with a policeman? Oh, she is the instructor at the police gymnasium, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> the whole force is just crazy to study with her. At least, I think they are. <laughs> I'll bet you'll miss her, Wimple. How much? How much will you miss her? No, how much will you bet? <laughs> oh, I, I shouldn't say that, I suppose. Sweetie Face is really a wonderful woman at heart, if any, and I doubt it. Well, we'll call on her while you're gone, Wimple, and see if there's anything we can do. Yes, we might take her some fruit or something. Oh, I wouldn't advise it, Mrs. McGee. Last time Sweetie Face was sick, some people took her some flowers and she threw them in their faces. Oh, don't she like flowers? Yes. She loves flowers, but she hates people. <laughs> well, goodbye, folks, and Merry Christmas. Same to you. The King's Men sing Coming Through the Ride. If a body meet a body coming through the dark, if a body kiss a body meet a body cry, every laddie has a lassie. Through the ride, if a body kiss a body, need a body cry. Now everyone must have a loving lassie, but they say that the lassies always pass me by. Yet all the girls they smile at me, coming through the ride. If a body meet a body, coming through the ride. If a body kiss a body, need a body cry. Every little laddie has a bonny little lassie, but nay, they say, hey, I yet. All we lads and lassies get together in the heather when we're coming. Whilst we're a-coming through the Sounding now. Hey, haven't you got that tree fixed yet? No, but it won't be long now, Molly. Anyway, I hope not. This saw is getting duller than a bus trip to Bloomington. <laughs> well, is it still awfully hot in here, McGee? You're asking the wrong man, Mrs. McGee. I'd be hot right now if I was up to my clavicle in ice cubes. <laughs> this is a warm work. Well, <laughs> I hate to keep that dining room window open, but the thermostat on the furnace simply won't work. Say... Have you been monkeying with that, McGee? Who, me? Yes, you. With the thermostat? Yes. Why should I have been monkeying with the thermostat? That's what I want to know. Heck, I don't know anything about a thermostat. I know that, too, but did you monkey with it? <laughs> when? Anytime. Well, say I did kind of tinker with it last night at that. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Now it comes out. And just what did you do to it, Mastermind? <laughs> well, I was walking past it with a screwdriver in my hand, and the screwdriver caught in one of the little screws, and the first thing I knew, I had it all apart. <laughs> 
wonderful little gadget, too. McGee, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. That's a coincidence, Molly. I don't know what I'm going to do with this little dingus I took out of it, either. I couldn't find any way to get it back in there. Well, why didn't you tell me so I could call the furnace man? Oh, I was going to fix it myself when I got time. I'm pretty ingenious with mechanical stuff. You know that. Oh, sure. What happened when you fixed my percolator? What you mean? It throws coffee across the room like a fire extinguisher. <laughs> And my electric toaster. Oh, well. I have to fix breakfast wearing a catcher's mitt. <laughs> oh, well. No machine is perfect. As soon as I finish with this tree, I'll fix it. Stop a while and listen to my Well, you story. go ahead and I'll uh, go open that dining room window. Okay. That's just off for the... Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi, sis. Whatcha doing? Whatcha? Sis, I'm currently engaged in giving this deposed monarch of the forest a cross-cut massage. Well... Hmm? <laughs> I says I'm doing a little whittling on this Christmas tree. Look, do you always drink your milk like a good girl? Sure I do, I betcha. Why? Well, you better, that's all. Take a look at this saw. <laughs> Only three years old, and its teeth are all shot. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you. Okay, mister. Now, I wish you wouldn't bother me anymore now. I gotta finish this job and get the sawdust swept out. Gee, you know it smells dandy in here. <laughs> sure it does. <laughs> no nicer smell in the world than a cedar tree. It's one of nature's lures to get us out into the great outdoors. Gee... Is it, honest, mister? Sure it is. You gotta realize, sis, that there's a reason for everything in nature. Oh. What's nature's reason for spinach, huh? <laughs> Why, sis, do you mean to stand there with your little arms sticking out of your shoulders and tell me you don't know that? Yes, I don't, I betcha. Why? Nature gave us spinach so we could have Popeye. Oh. Gee, I guess I never thought of that, mister. <laughs> Nature is wonderful, isn't he? She. Hmm? Nature, sis, is always referred to as she. Why? Well, because... Oh, boy, here's my chance to make Reader's Digest. <laughs> sis? Nature is called she because it's so inconsistent, unstable, unpredictable, beautiful, mean, gorgeous, appealing, nasty, and nobody yet has ever understood her. <laughs> you think the Reader's Digest would like that? Well, don't you? The name of the magazine, mister, is Digest, not Heartburn. So long now. That's the last time I ever try to explain something to her, if I'm smart. Okay. Uh-oh. Aha. Now we're getting someplace. Now to cut her down on the sides. Now, trim the ends a little bit. Let me get her off there. there. Oh, heavenly days, there goes that window again. You don't have to worry about it anymore, Molly. Here, here's a nice stick I made for you to prop it up with. Oh, fine, dearie, just the thing. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, forget it. It's nothing that any red-blooded American boy could have done. Say, it was very thoughtful of you now, <laughs> McGee. Say, yeah? what became of the Christmas tree? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I got her trimmed down a little too fine. <laughs> Well, that's that, I guess. Now to go to work on that thermostat. No, no, don't do it, Mickey. <laughs> Folks, day after day and night after night on this program and others for the past two weeks, you've heard urgent requests to buy defense bonds and defense stamps. It's getting a little repetitious, isn't it? Well, it's going to get more repetitious. We're going to say it again and often and loud. This is not an invitation to a tea party or a bingo game. This is war, and we've got to do something about it. It's going to cost a lot of money to win it, but it would cost a lot more than mere money to lose it. Now, don't wait for somebody to come to your door selling bonds and stamps. Get down to your bank or post office and lay it on the line. This isn't the other fellow's fight. It's, it's yours and mine. So here it is again. 
Buy defense bonds and defense stamps. Yes, and if you live in Canada, buy war saving certificates or victory bonds. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Pretty strong appeal there by Jim and Marion Jordan to buy war bonds. You're talking about nine days prior to this broadcast. This was a December 16, 1941 episode. Nine days prior, we were was we it were not bombed. seven? Isn't it seven days? No, nine days because nine? yeah, uh, it's two thousand. This was December 16, right? Nineteen forty-one. So nine days prior mm-hmm. on December seventh, seventh, yeah, we enter. We were bombed yeah. Uh, yeah. at Pearl Harbor by uh, the Japanese, yeah, and um, we were thrust into World War Two yeah. like overnight. Really, I mean, can you imagine? Like, we had peace for years, and then all of a sudden, boom, we were bombed, and uh, there you go. And so Jim and Mary and Jordan, even on comedy shows, they yeah. were saying, hey. This was their platform. This was their opportunity. You need sure. to buy war bonds. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, Jim and Mary and Jordan, Fibber McGee and Molly, hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. We are going back to the 1960s. Here's a great song. Sit. Got a good feel to it, doesn't it? Roll away again. Sitting on the dock of the bay, recorded by Otis Redding twice in 1967, including once just days before his death, which was a plane crash. Oh. Yeah. It was released in 1968. What a voice. After his death. I think he sings even better than I do, actually. Well, you know what, Carl? You were talking about perseverance. Just maybe. I know. You know, if you I'm persevere, trying. somebody will take notice of you. I am trying. I know you are. Well, we'll get to some that. We'll get to some more opportunities for singing as the broadcast continues. Okay, with the, good. Name that tune and learning the lyrics. So. All right. Thanks, Lisa Wolf. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey everybody, Jared Sebastian, host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Hamari. I tell you, Mike Bubble Bath has the best bumpers, doesn't he? Yeah. Gosh. You have to tell them what a bumper is. 
it's a bumper music. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of <laughs> bumpers could be a lot of things and in this next, particular context. Next hour, Broadway is my beat holiday show from 1949. But we're going to need a caller, Lisa. That's right. All about Lauren Michaels, born uh, November 17th of 1944. He's 79. Give us a call if you want to play beat the host, be on the air. All true or false? It's three one two six four two. 5,600. We're looking for caller Lucky 14. All right. Sure or false? I mean, come on. It's nothing to Give it. Give us a call. Play the game. We'll see you soon. Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.